0: Well, hey, good morning and welcome to my living room once again. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at Friendship. So glad that you have joined us as we worship together online. You know, last week we tried to do this whole living room setup and I enjoyed it. But uh, if you you noticed, I was sitting on a stool the whole time. And I don't know if I've ever preached sitting down for like a whole sermon. uh, But y'all, I can't do that anymore. I just... I'm just not feeling it. I've got to be on my toes. You all know me. You know, I got to be moving. And particularly with what we're going to be looking at today, um, man, I just feel like I need to be up on my my toes. And so, uh, man, thanks for joining me here. We're in week number six of our Tomorrowland series. Uh, The subtitle is Facing a Future Without Fear. And uh, we are coming to the end of the book of 1 Thessalonians. It's a letter that Paul wrote to this church in Thessalonica. These young believers that he established them in the faith, but then he got kind of got ran out of town and, and he's checking back in with them uh, you know, about a year later and, and Timothy, his compadre, has brought back word that they're doing well in their faith in the midst of uncertainty and some affliction. Man, their faith is strong. They haven't uh, been drawn away from Christ. And so Paul writes them this letter and he's encouraging them and he's pointing them always toward the, the, the return of Christ. And he's encouraging them to live in light of eternity. And so we come to the end of 1 Thessalonians 5, and we're going to deal with just a few verses here, and then next week to wrap up this book of 1 Thessalonians. Then we're going to jump into 2 Thessalonians, which is just three chapters long. Um, But I I hope you all are enjoying kind of this this, uh, book study. I love going verse by verse kind of through um, the Bible, because uh, what happens is it kind of forces you to to not necessarily be creative, but just to say what God has said and just to cover what God has talked about. And that's what we're doing. And we're coming to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 uh, today. If you like the whole verse by verse, what we call expository preaching, um, going through uh, book by book, uh, man, do me a favor. Give us a shout out, maybe comment um, in the chat room or leave us a a comment later on. Uh, I'd love to know because I love, I dig doing this. Uh, And so I'm glad that you're along for the ride. But, you know, I've been doing this church ministry pastoring thing for a while. And one of the jokes that's often said by pastors and ministry workers and leaders is, is this. Man, ministry would be so awesome if it weren't for the people. Okay. And, and we say that tongue in cheek. Obviously, we joke about that because the church without people is not really the church. And maybe you're in some kind of vocation where you're dealing with the public and with people, and that could be said of any number of industries. Uh, It could be said of life, right? Life would be great if it weren't for the annoying, frustrating, disappointing people, right? But the reality is, apart from Christ, the most significant, meaningful thing that we all have is our relationships, our relationships with people. And if any of us doubted that reality before, before this whole COVID-19 crisis, I think we're all kind of figuring that out and understanding that now, right? Uh, Because even even the most introverted of us, I'm sure, is just going, man, I I need to be around people. I mean, at least a little bit, right? At least a little bit. But relationships, such an important part of of life. It, It makes up the most significant thing in our life even uh, you know even with Christ we need other people and other relationships to help us to see who Christ is and to strengthen us in our faith and so relationships are a big deal and that's what Paul addresses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 what he has done through this book is he is encouraging the people. Man, keep receiving God's word. Keep growing in your faith. Keep loving one another. Keep waiting for Christ's return. Keep encouraging one another. We talked about it last week. Keep encouraging one another in the hope that we have in Christ and His return and eternity, our identity and our destiny. But then Paul comes to the end of First Thessalonians chapter five. And he kind of hits us with this barrage of statements, okay? It's like this rapid-fire series of short little statements that have huge impact, all right? And all of these statements revolve around the idea of relationships, specifically relationships within the church. And so the question that we're asking over these next couple weeks is, what do right relationships or what do healthy relationships look like in the church. What do they look like? And so this week and next week, we're, we're calling this Right Relationships in the Church. And Paul covers these different kind of relationships. He covers people to pastors. And what's that relationship to look like? He talks about people to people, these interpersonal relationships that we're to have with one another in the church. And then he talks about people to God. What's that relationship to look like in our faith and our devotion to Christ. And I do want to remind you of this. I know you all have heard me say this over and over, and I'm gonna continue to say it, as long as I'm preaching the gospel, is this. Whenever Paul or any of the, the, the biblical writers or authors give us instruction, whenever they give us imperatives, in other words, when they say, do this, do this, these are always following or built upon or grounded in what we would call indicatives statements of truth. So this is true. Because this is true, because this is the reality, here is now how you are to live. Because this is who God is and what God has done and who he has made you to be, here is now how you are to live. And that's what Paul has been doing here. He's been, again, reminding us of who God is and what he has done and and who he has made us to be in Christ. Now in chapter 5, he gives us again this whole series of statements, of instructions saying, okay, now this is how you are to live in light of eternity. And so Paul reminds us in chapter 5, and, and as we work through these couple of verses, we don't have a lot we're going to cover, but there's again a lot that Paul is saying here. He twice uses the word Brothers. And again, want he, he's reminding us of our identity, of who we are in Christ, that we're part of the family, the household of God. So, starting in verse number 12, Paul says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. What Paul does here is he gives us some instruction about how we're to relate to spiritual authorities, spiritual leaders in our life, to specifically pastors and elders in the church and he says there are there are three things that, that they're they're responsible for, and this was you know i don't this is why I brought up the point of of just working through verse by verse, chapter by chapter book by book because I didn't select this passage because you know, I have some kind of beef with y'all. I, I, I feel like I need more respect or, or any of that. All right, uh, I'm just going through what God has said. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 and 13, Paul talks about how we are to respond to our spiritual authorities, our, our leaders. And I'm not the only one in your life that is a spiritual leader. Um, in our church, there's three of us that are pastors. Uh, myself, Keith Willoughby, our executive pastor. Jack Hare, our student pastor. Um, and, and there's other authorities. You saw some of them, some leaders in our church. Adrian Ganey, Tiffany Smith, who work with uh, our kids. And God said, "There's there's a way that you're to relate to them. And first, he says, recognize their calling. Their calling is to labor, it's to lead, and it's to admonish. He says, respect those who labor among you. As a, as a spiritual leader, as a pastor, one of my responsibilities is to labor. It's to work, and I know some of you think I only work on Sundays for an hour or two, um, but but there's work to be done. There's a lot of work for a pastor to do, and so. My responsibility is to labor, but then it's also to lead. You know, Paul says, those who are over you in the Lord. And that's not this domineering sense. You know, Jesus said it himself uh, to the disciples. The way that you lead is not going to be like the world leads or views leadership, where you lord it over or domineer over people. No, it's a servant leadership where you lay yourself down, you lay your life down, you sacrifice For the sake of the sheep, those who follow. And what Paul reminds us here is recognize their calling. They're to labor, but they're to lead as those who are over you in the Lord. And they're to admonish you. And I want to confess, okay, that that this has been something that's been convicting to me this week. Uh, You know, uh, the Tate Six-Pack has been here in South Carolina almost coming up shortly in a month or so. Uh, We've been here almost a year. Now, it it seems like it's gone fast and yet it seems like I've been here for a long time uh, in my mind, but um, we're coming up on a year. And as I've thought through my time here as y'all's pastor, as one of your pastors, um, my hope is that I lead with grace. Um, My kids probably wouldn't always say I lead with grace, but my hope is that as a leader, Uh, as a pastor that I lead with grace and one of the convicting uh, things that that God put on my heart this week was this this responsibility that I have to admonish to admonish you and that means really just to to warn to challenge to to straighten out those who kind of veer off of the path it's Jesus was full of grace but he was full of truth and he would speak hard truth and one of my convictions has been, okay, Andrew, are you admonishing enough? Are you, are you, have you spent all your time trying to be gracious and kind and develop relationships with people that you've been like a little on the weak side when it comes to admonishing or speaking truth, warning people of the path that they're going down? And yet that is one of the responsibilities that God calls me to, is to admonish you, to challenge you when I see you taking a step out of bounds to to speak the truth, to get in your face in love, to speak the truth in love, because it's for your good and for the glory of God and the good of His people, His church. But recognize their calling, the calling of leaders that God has put in your life, spiritual leaders. It's to labor, it's to lead, it's to admonish. You know, Hebrews 13, I want to read you a couple of verses, sp- spoken to pastors and leaders because these are very sobering for me and it's, they're helpful for you as well and, and, and for me as, as a part of the body of Christ with, who, who is always in a place of having spiritual authority in my life. I'm not above that. Hebrews 13, 17, the writer says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. Speaking of spiritual leaders in the church, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And this reminds me of the the weight of the responsibility that I and your, your pastors carry. That I'm gonna give an account for your soul one day before God. And you know, it's easy for some people to complain and criticize pastors and spiritual leaders. And I'll just be honest with you I haven't always been a lead pastor, I've always been under authority, and and I've always sought to respect and honor authority because I realize that the the weight of leadership is spiritually. They're gonna have to give an account, and I'm gonna have to give an account to God one day for my leadership. And so you can criticize a spiritual leader all you want, but it's easy when you don't carry the weight of having to report to God for your leadership. And Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews, um, who we could make an argument that was Paul writing this, is, man, you want them to be able to give a good report to God because if they don't, that's, that, that doesn't benefit you at all. And so love them, respect them, honor them, follow them. 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3, Peter says, "'Shepherd the flock of God that is among you.'" Speaking to pastors, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock.'" And it's a weighty responsibility. And so he says, this is your responsibility is to first recognize their calling. And he says, respect them for their work. Respect them for their work. Verse 13, esteem them very highly in love because of their work. And I got to tell you, I got to stop again and, and have another confession moment. Okay, This is kind of my, my, my personal confessional this week. All right. Um, Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. This is how we're to treat spiritual authorities, pastors and elders in our life. And I got to be honest with y'all, you do an amazing job of this. I have zero complaints here. I feel like you all love and esteem me and my wife and my family and our leaders very highly in love for our work and our labor. Uh, And I'm so thankful for you. Uh, and, and I want you to know that, man, it means the world to me, even through this season where I don't feel like I uh, know how, how to lead well and have all kinds of questions and doubts and insecurity. And am I doing enough? Am I doing it well enough? Uh, and you all are so encouraging. And I've I felt nothing but love and respect and honor through this season. And so let me say thank you and let me uh, honor you for the way that you do that. Uh, it's an amazing thing. You are, you are, you are, honoring the Lord, and you're being, obe- being obedient to the scriptures in the way that you're, you're living for most of you. And yet, I-, I do believe, and it happens in every single church, uh, there are those who would not respect those who God has set as leaders in the church. Uh, and I got to tell y'all, that frustrates the fire out of me. When I hear people publicly deriding their spiritual authorities, because God is the ultimate authority and he has put authorities in our life. And that even goes to governmental authorities. I mean, this is a time when it is easy to rant and rave about leaders publicly, governmentally in the church, in your life where it's easy to rant and rave in a public forum on Facebook or wherever, and ranting and raving about authorities in your life. And can I, can I just be honest with you? Can I tell you, I don't care if you're young or you're old. When you rant and you complain and you murmur and grumble about authority in your life, what that tells me about your heart, what that tells me about my heart, is that we are grumbling toward the Lord. We maybe think we're grumbling to people, but we're grumbling about God, our ultimate authority, who has put every single authority in our life. And whether they deserve our respect or not, in our minds, God has said, respect them. Esteem them highly. And I'm telling you, when you, when you would go against the authorities that God has put in your life, you, are, you have stepped out of a place of safety and you've stepped into the danger zone. Because you're stepping foot against the God who is the ultimate authority in your life. I'm admonishing you all right now. That is, if this is the place that you have been in, man, repent and humble yourself. And I'm not saying humble yourself before me or like... I'm not saying that. I'm talking about any authority that God has put in your life, whether that's me, another pastor, another leader, a governmental leader, whatever it is, God has called us to honor and respect those who lead us. And there's a fine line between, you know, you know leader worship, pastor worship, um, president worship, all those kind of things, and disregarding the authorities that have been put in place by God. And I want to admonish you this morning. I want to encourage you. God says, recognize their calling. Respect them for their work. Respect them for their work. And then He says, rest in their leadership. Rest in their leadership. He says, be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace among yourselves. This doesn't mean that every decision, your your pastor, that that your leaders make. It doesn't mean every single decision is going to be right. That doesn't mean shut up and say nothing and, and, and say, you know, just cower and go with the flow, uh, especially if there's sin or whatever. It doesn't mean be quiet. That doesn't mean say nothing. It does mean be at peace. Let peace be the thing that governs you. Let peace be the thing that rules your spirit not conflict, not conflict. So listen, I will never pretend to be right about everything, okay? Please challenge me if you feel like I need to be challenged or if you see something in my life that should not go unchecked. Please speak to me. Matthew 18, go to the person and speak truth to that person in love. But be at peace among yourselves. Let peace be the motivator, not conflict, not, I'm the one who is right and you are wrong. No, I want to be at peace with you. And I want you to be at peace with me and with God. And I want all to be well. And it's not about conflict. So rest in their leadership. It's easy to fight for a cause. It's easy to fight for our own cause. But we're not supposed to fight for our own cause we're to fight for peace. We're to fight and to strive for peace. That's what we're called to do. Romans 12, 18. Paul says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. He says, your responsibility is to to do whatever you can. Whatever, as far as it's in your power to do so, seek to be at peace with everybody. With everybody. The people you love, the people you respect, the people um, that deserve it, the people that don't deserve it, the people that you don't like, the people you don't agree with, be at peace with them. Don't be driven by conflict and pride but seek peace fight for peace don't fight for your own cause psalm 133:1 1, the psalmist david says behold how good and pleasant it is how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity fight for unity fight for peace that's what he's called us to do y'all because you have placed this umbrella of authority in my life, not to spoil my fun, not to make my life difficult, but to, to, so that under that umbrella of authority, I could find your protection. And under that umbrella of authority in my life, I could find blessing. Now, that is what God has done in our life. And that is God's intention for us. And so with our leaders, recognize their calling, respect them for their work, and rest in their leadership. And again, I'm, I'm so hesitant to spend much time in, in, in this particular portion. But from the time I was a young man, from the moment I came to Christ until now, one of the things that has always resonated with me is the the priority, the importance, the magnitude of how we respond to the leadership in our life. Because the root of, of our sin, the root of all sin is pride. It started with Lucifer, this, this created being who God created, who was beautiful, who, who rose up against God and said, no, 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 I want my place. I will be like God and I will have what's coming to me. And and Lucifer rose up in pride, fighting for his own cause. And he rebelled against the leadership of God in his life. And God judged him. God cast him out, gave him a new name, Satan, which means adversary. He became the adversary of God. Why? Because he opposed the authority of God in his life. And the truth is this, whenever we rebel or whenever we fight against the authority in our life, we have in essence, we have in essence put ourselves in an adversarial position with the ultimate authority in our life. That is God the Father. That is Jehovah God. We have put ourselves in opposition with God, who is our authority. And we can't rebel outwardly, verbally, publicly, or inwardly and privately and quietly in our spirit. We can't rebel against our authority and be at peace with God and to be at peace within ourselves. It doesn't work that way, y'all. And so, you know, my intention this morning was to dive into this next category of relationship, which which is people to people. And yet, you know what? How God is is leading me in in this moment. And I know I'm just in front of a camera, and I can I can change all of this if I want. God is impressing upon me to to hang out here for a minute, and I don't know if. If if this is for you or who this is for, uh, but I know it's for his church. I know it's, it's for his people. It was for Paul to the Thessalonians. It was for Paul to me. It was for, for Paul to you. Our responsibility and the way that we respond to our leaders is to recognize their calling, to respect them, for their work and to rest in their leadership. So let me kind of wrap this up with, with a quick story. When I was in my late 20s uh, was when I first started in you know vocational ministry, when I first became a, a pastor, a full-time pastor in a church. And it was in central Pennsylvania. And I worked with a pastor who was an incredibly gracious guy. Um, and yet I was a really stubborn, young man who was very proud, thought I knew how things were supposed to be, you know, um, like any rookie young kid, just thought, man, I knew everything. And uh, turns out I didn't, right? Uh, Looking back, like many of us who grew a little older, if, if God has allowed us to have a soft heart and not harden our hearts and we've grown and matured. We can look back and go, man, I was a dumb kid. I was arrogant and stubborn and all these things. And, you know, I look back on that now and, and totally see that. But uh, last week was the 40th anniversary of, of that pastor that I worked with, his 40th anniversary of planting that church that he's still at, still going strong today. And uh, I just saw their church was celebrating that. And it was supposed to be their big 40th anniversary celebration. But they were having to do it, obviously, online because of what's going on now in our culture. And, and I just was reading some of the you know, people that were just saying thank you to him and for his investment and for his ministry. And, and I just looked at that. And I was so convicted that, uh, you know, man, I, uh, uh, you know, what I did was I posted on 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 their their Facebook post, and I said, man, thank you to uh, thank you to Pastor John for um, you know there was a stubborn young man, the stubborn young pastor that needed so badly the grace uh, that he, the grace of God that he received through you and so thank you for your investment in me and and that was my way of 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 honoring him and esteeming him very highly in love for his work, the work that God had used uh, him to do in my life. And this was before I even had honestly looked at this passage, but I reached out last week and said, man, thank you um, for the leader that you've been in my life. And it was my way of trying to honor him for his work's sake. And, uh, and I want to ask you that question this morning. Who is it in your life that you need to honor and esteem highly in love for their work's sake? Uh, and, and again, please do not hear this as a plea for attaboys or anything for me. I, I don't need that. What I'm looking for is your heart to be softened by God. Is there somebody in your life this week that you need to honor and just say thank you for your leadership in my life thank you for your authority in my life i wouldn't be who i am today if it weren't for your leadership in my life and i I may not have always followed you or honored you the way that i should have but thank you for who you are and all that you've done in my life so let me encourage you to do three things Three things, okay, and I've jumped way ahead. I'm not covering a lot of what I plan to cover. We'll do that next week. But I want you to do three things this week. Okay. If you would, if you would, number one, prayerfully consider this, this area of biblical authority in your life. Okay, well, specifically, let's let's think about consider what Paul has said here. So I would encourage you to write out these verses. First Thessalonians 5, 12, and 13. Write them out, maybe multiple times. And pour over them and rehearse them and meditate on them, memorize them. And think about what, what Paul is saying about spiritual authority in our life. And then number two, prayerfully evaluate, prayerfully evaluate how you're living when it comes to authority in our life. When it comes to spiritual authority. And again, I, I'm not saying this for my benefit because I need something from you. No, I'm, I'm, I want this to be for you. And, and maybe this doesn't involve me at all. Maybe it's other authorities or spiritual authorities in, in the past or whatever it is in your life. But would you evaluate how are you living or how have you lived in this area of spiritual authority? Maybe it's other, whatever other, other authority it is in your life. Maybe it's pastors, maybe it's parents. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a, your boss. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the president. Maybe it's a governor or, or some governmental authority. Maybe it's your spouse. I don't know what it is. I don't know who that involves or what that looks like for you. But would you evaluate how you're living in the area of responding to the authority that's been put in your life? And then number three, not just prayerfully consider and evaluate, but prayerfully submit to however God convicts you. Prayerfully submit to however, whatever God convicts you of. Submit to whatever, he, whatever God, whatever you say to me about this area, I will obey you. Whatever you tell me, I'm gonna do it. Maybe that's doing something as simple as I did to reach out and thank or honor someone who was a leader in your life in the past that maybe you didn't appreciate or honor then. Maybe you need to go to somebody in repentance today, or this week. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I'm asking you, would you consider what Paul has said, what God has said, what this whole area of spiritual authority and authority in general in your life, what it's all about? Would you consider it? Would you prayerfully evaluate how you're living in response to that? And then would you prayerfully submit to whatever God tells you to do? Father, this morning, today, I am just grateful for your authority in my life. And God, like every other person that's, that's watching today, God, my heart is, is deceitful. And often it's wicked and it goes my own way and it strives for my own... Um, ways and, Lord, you're always calling me back to yourself. You're always calling me back to repentance and faith in Christ. And, and you're always calling me to, again, bow my knee to your authority in my life. And and every single authority you've put in my life, in our life, God, that you've, you've done that for our good and for your glory. You've done that for our protection. You've done that for our blessing. And so, Lord, even in this moment, Lord, for those of us, you've convicted us even today. God, would you forgive us for the ways in which we have sought to exercise our own authority or that we've rebelled against or kicked against or fought against or... Put ourselves in an adversarial position with our authority in our life because ultimately we have put ourselves at odds with you. And so, God, I pray that you would work in hearts, in the hearts of our people, and, and my heart right now, today, and this week. God, would you convict me in the areas that I need conviction, in Lord, things that are coming to my mind right now? And Lord, to the things that that I haven't even considered, Lord, that you will, God, I pray, bring to my mind this week and I pray that for all of our people, everybody that's listening right now, God, that you would help us to walk in obedience this week, help us to walk in repentance and faith. God, thank you for the way that you love us so much so that you have put authority in our life for your glory and for our good. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.